This podcast is sponsored by the Oxford Yarn Store. The Oxford Yarn Store, as the name suggests, is a knitter's haven located in the heart of the famous English university town. The store provides yarns from the UK and around the globe for knitters and crocheters who share a love of natural fibres. Oxford Yarn Store stays in touch with its worldwide yet close-knit community through its popular weekly newsletter blog, featuring the latest yarns, patterns and sources of inspiration. It's also the widest stockist in the UK of the fabulous Danish Issachar yarns and patterns. See for yourself on their website www.oxfordyarnstore.co.uk. Perfect. All right. Usually we do the um, soundtrack thing so we can sing ourselves into the hello. Oh. So we go... And then it's hello. Okay. It's like a pause. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Hello. Hello! Hi, and welcome to POMcast. This is the podcast brought to you by the lovely quarterly knitting magazine, Pom Pom. I'm Sophie Scott, and as a change, I'm not actually joined by Lydia Gluck. Lydia... Uh, due to unforeseen circumstances, sadly isn't with us for this podcast, but she's all right, uh, and we love her and we miss her lots, but the exciting news is I have a guest host who is Juju Vale. Hi. Hi, Juju. Hi, Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> so you may remember Juju all the way from uh, Pomcast 1. She was our very first interviewee. Uh, she's also an amazing knitter, a sewer, a maker, a painter, ceramicist, well, I don't know, embroiderer, what else we can keep going? Uh, a photographer, you photograph for Pom Pom very, uh, very regularly. You do. And you're a top friend. I think that's the most important thing. I probably should have mentioned that first. I am. I'm a top Pom Pom friend. Top Pommer. So, yeah, a little bit different. We've still got the uh, same setup as usual. We've got Tell and Tell, uh, Top Tips, our news and reviews. We've got a wonderful interview with uh, Thea Coleman. Lydia is actually here within the interview, her and Megan, while they were at uh, TNNA in the States uh, earlier in the month. Uh, they spoke to Thea, uh, so we've got that to look forward to. We've also got a new segment, because Juju is here, we've got What Would Juju Do? Oh, what will I do? What will you do? We'll find out later, we'll tell you about that. And uh, we'll end with top three. So, Juju, you've listened to the podcast before. I have. Are you your number one fan, would you say? Yes, I'm definitely number one oh, fan. of course. Good. Well, that's why we asked you. And right. I'm also a huge podcast listener, too. Oh, you yeah. do love the podcast. I do. So, you know the format. We're going to start. Uh, let's, why not let's have a top tip? We'll have a top tip from Juju. A tip-top top tip. All right. My top tip is, at the moment, I'm knitting a shawl that has uh, intarsia I-cord edges, and I made the mistake of working the edges in uh, mohair, which is very tangly. <laughs> is that a conscious mistake? No, no. I mean, it looks beautiful, but it's so not portable because the mohair just wants to tangle up with everything. And I'd be completely lost if I weren't using, and this is like a product placement, Easy Bobbins. And I think that's EZ Bobbins. I just got them from my local pound shop. If they've got a Z, then you know it's going to be easy. Exactly. It's, <laughs> so... and it is easy. And you just said, oh, I'm, am I supposed to say that they look like uh, nipple rings? <laughs> <laughs> when, when I was breastfeeding, you, you have a little cup that you wear inside your bra to catch the milk. Do you know about that? You don't know not about yet, that yet. yet. But now I'm prepared <laughs> yeah. for when the time comes. Well, this looks like a faulty one of those because it has a hole in the middle. <laughs> but it, it, it is sort of a, a, 
a, a donut shape and it snaps open to allow the yarn in and then closes around the yarn. So it's so much better than when I used to do intarsia back in the 80s and you would just wrap all your spare yarns kind of in a little uh, butterfly. Mm -hmm. This really keeps the knots to a minimum, um, except the mohair is very, very knotty. So it's like a little silicone kind of cup thing. It kind of cups the yarn each side to kind of snap it into place. Does so? Does the yarn because it's all round, wound around the middle of that? Does it just run outside of the little edges of the cups, or do you have to unpop it and clip it? You don't to... have to unpop it. It just puts a bit of tension, like a like a bobbin wood in your sewing machine. Yeah. It just puts a bit of tension on the on the yarn. You can unwrap a couple of rounds, you know, to do the three stitches I need to do every once in a while, and then I roll it back up again really quickly, oh. and it stays in place. So no unraveling the way that butterflies would. That probably leads nicely into tell and tell. And you know this feature. We tell, and uh, rather than show and tell, we tell and tell you pomcats, what we've been knitting and what are you using these intarsia bobbins for, Juju? I'm knitting the non-tropo shawl by Asa Tricosa. <laughs> <laughs> Did I get all those words well, you're right? you're like reading it. Like... Yeah, because I don't trust myself with the name Asa. I'm usually saying Asa, but I'm trying very hard to say. I think it's Asa. And there's lots of, there's not even an omelette. I don't know what the one with the circle. There is, there is, is one, yeah. uh, but I don't know what it is. She's Swedish, I believe. Okay. Wonderful. I'm sure someone, someone will tell us through yeah. Ravelry, they'll try and spell it out But it's a huge, it's a huge rectangle shawl, which I'm really loving rectangle shawls at the moment. Oh, it's kind of got a nice chevron aspect. Yes, and it has a little chevron happening, and I'm using a combination of mohair and um, silk stripes. Nice. stripes. And I'm also about to cast on Vitamin D by Heidi Kim Kermer, Kermer. <laughs> well, yeah, welcome to names. the podcast, trying to pronounce names, names. and patterns yeah. and names of designers. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and I'm doing that in Love Potion, which is a really Ooh. vivid violety pink oh, from uh, Shalimar in Breathless. I know Vitamin D seems to be a popular pattern. I've seen a lot of other knitters who've knit that in real life, not mm. only on Ravelry, but mm. a lot of people have knitted. So what's the thing... That's so good about vitamin D then. Not only is it good for your skin, I mean... You, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a student who was wearing one to a class a few weeks ago, and I tried it on, and I just thought, oh, this is so flattering. Um, it sort of... I don't have to worry about the fact that I'm a large busted woman because it's not meant to close over your bust. Mm. And it does give you kind of a waist shape without actually being fitted. Because it hasn't got like a... It's a cardigan if people haven't seen it. And it's not like a traditional, you have two fronts, like two flat pieces of rectangle. It's a very big flowing curve. It's a, it's it? a waterfall in reverse, if that makes sense. Oh. It's a short, it's very short at the top mm -hmm. and then through short rows gets longer, but only to your hip length okay. at the sides and back. So, um, it just looked really good on and it was cozy. And I thought, yes, this is like some, it's like a cross between a shawl and a, a cardigan. And I thought it would make an amazing accessory. Are you going to call it a shawl again now? Is that, a, is that a thing? Well, we're going to make it a thing. <laughs> okay. It's a shawligan. Rather than a, a quall, which is like a cardigan shawl, which doesn't kind of no. sounds like some sort of bird thing. No. <laughs> I like I like it. Shawligan. Shawligan. Yeah. Yes. So it's going to be my vivid violet shawligan for the autumn. Wonderful. What are you knitting, Sophie? Uh, well, I've just finished something. Uh, I was knitting some socks. Actually, this is, uh, oh, this is really cool. It's your pattern. Did you know? Did, I've just is it? Yeah, look, I'm wearing them here. Oh, they're so cute. So it's the toe-up sock. It's summer. <laughs> what are you doing wearing wool socks? Uh, I thought it would be fitting for the podcast. I just need to get in the, 
the zone. Okay. So I make sure my feet are covered in wool, and then I'm good to go. You know. What yarn? What yarn? Uh, used? So uh, the toe and the heel. Um, I used uh, Lang Jawol, which is yep. kind of like your That's the multi-purpose best. nylon wool blend. And then the did you use the little inner yeah, part? They've that... got like a if you haven't seen this, it's got like an inner nylon booster, a uh, little thread to make your heels and your toes super strong. And then the rest of it's Koigu, and it's super multicolored. Ooh, I'm very happy. Yeah, they look really, really great. Although not very summery. And the other thing, um, I'm thinking of starting a, a Pianamiso, I think I'm pronouncing that right, which is a scarf from Autumn 14 of Pom Pom. And interesting enough, I was thinking about doing it in a really vivid pink as well, like you're doing, mm. um, because I've had this uh, gorgeous color by Uncommon Thread. Uh, oh, called Le Fleur. That's almost the same colour as the one yeah. I'm using. I love I've that. I've been waiting and waiting to find something to use it for because it's so intense and I love it. But I'm like, is it too intense to wear? And then what do you do? Do you make a scarf? And then, although I need a scarf, it kind of feels like I need to harness the power of this colour, you know? Yeah, I hear you. So I'm, I might be playing around with doing that. So I think it would look good with a coat. You know, the bright pink with a navy coat. What? Oh, yeah, with navy? Fantastic. Yeah. Really, really good. So, yeah. I mean, actually, it's a great colour as an accent for, you know, greys, all the kind of um, neutrals that you mm. think of in the winter, the dark neutrals, the greys, the browns, which I know you don't love no, brown. I'm not crazy about brown. I love brown. And the dark blues, all those colours. I think it would just really make them sing. Okay. Hmm, well keep you posted on that you can listen next week uh, next month when we, <laughs> when we have the result <laughs> and we also have uh what people knit to know on a knit to know basis juju any fun things that people need to know about well one of the reasons that i'm knitting in this vividy vivid purpley pink color is because i have just finished um selecting my defining my color palette using the <laughs> using the uh Wardrobe Architect series found through the Colette blog. Have you okay. heard of the Wardrobe Architect? I have, but tell me more. It's a I should have said no, I should have said no. I've never talked to you this before. <laughs> For the purpose of this podcast, no, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, all right, let's try that again. <laughs> have you heard of the Wardrobe Architect? What? The Wardrobe what? Who? It's Where? A, it's a wonderful series of posts that you can find through the Colette blog, which is a sewing magazine. Mm-hmm. The Wardrobe Architect has a series of worksheets and t- tutorials i guess and think pieces i guess yeah I'm not doing it's, like terrible the ex- it's like the exercises exercises, yeah. exercises like prompts. weekly yeah. exercises and prompts to help everybody arrive at a more focused wardrobe that is more reflective of the wearer you know so that you don't end up with a lot of clothes in your wardrobe that you thought looked great in the shop or before or before you made them, the pattern looked great, but they actually don't fit with your lifestyle or or your personality mm. or your general idea about style. So typically, you know, in the sewing world, a lot of us like to buy very patterned fabrics because oh, they yeah. look so beautiful. And I think in the knitting world, people buy, you know, crazy colors, you know, like the crazy colored multi yarns because yeah. they look gorgeous and in then a it makes socks. <laughs> Yeah. And then they have a hundred pairs of socks that they don't have time to wear. Well, this is a way of kind of really consciously architecting your wardrobe so that you have 
a more focused uh, uh, approach to buying and making clothing. And is so it's buying and making because it's the collect uh, the, cause they're a sewing blog. It's yeah. not just people who are hand making things. No, it's a it's really the whole package. So it could it, you could do it if you weren't a maker at all. It would it would be equally appropriate. Or you could do it if if you were making things and it applies to the whole thing, including kind of hairstyle and accessories, mm. the whole package. And it is making me think differently about. I, about my style I do have a very definite style but uh, I'm realizing that there's some things that I get tempted to explore and I think you know hold on stop because that's just going to cause you, wardrobe what bloat. were you tempted by I'm tempted by I love pattern yeah as much create much color and pattern as I can possibly get on me and t recently I thought uh, I wanted to get into making patterned trousers to wear with my patterned tunics and dresses oh. and coats. And I thought, when I actually looked at my silhouettes and the patterns I prefer, I realized that the patterned trousers are just going to add another layer of complication into my wardrobe. And I should actually just focus on, you know, keeping the pattern in the areas where I'm most confident wearing them. I like to, I want to use layer of complication in, in a sentence today. Like today, I'm just going to be like, no, it's just a layer of complication. Please, please don't do that. I, I like layers of complication. Basically, my clothing is layers and layers of complication. But sometimes you have to be selective, if, you know, if you don't have unlimited resources yeah. or wardrobe space. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, all I have to recommend for my knit to know is a television program called The Detectorists. Oh yes, which I've I think been I'm watching. Yes. I'm watching it now. Yeah, I love it. Oh, okay, I love good. It. There we go. My recommendation already. You've got a glowing review from uh, not Lydia <laughs> <laughs> from the Lydia like Juju. The, the Lydia <laughs> Lydia Bot replacement point two zero. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, written by Mackenzie Crook. Oh, I didn't realise he'd written yeah, it. Oh, I have a crush on yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he produced it as well, I think. Anyway, uh, and it's a, it's very, very sweet, very gentle. It's about a little metal detecting club somewhere in Essex or Sussex. So it's very English and there's lots of beautiful countryside. And uh, yeah, very funny. If you want something that's kind of sweet and gentle, you know, something like a little Sunday summer morning, that's what it's like to watch. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. No good knitwear. <laughs> we can't have everything I, you mean I look out for it for a good knitwear especially in an English drama but I'm afraid it's mostly uh, those big coats cool. parkas yeah <laughs> and reviews news we have a scoop from tnna from lydia uh obviously lydia isn't here but she was at tnna uh, along with megan fernandez uh who is co-founder of pom pom quarterly and gail who's uh, started working with megan in uh, austin part of the pom pom team um <laughs> so what happened at tnna uh lydia reliably forms us that uh it was delightful uh, hanging out with lots of lovely knitting folks and uh, fibre enthusiasts, which is what TNNA is all about. Uh, it's a great place to meet lots of stockists and lots of uh, yarn designers, so hopefully lots of collaborations and fun things coming in the future from that. Um, Rachel Coopy had her birthday, uh, the lovely sock designer who's uh, designed for Pom Pom a couple of times, so uh, those guys got to hang out with her, which sounds great. 
does sound good. Yeah. Also, I love Rachel. Oh, she's I, 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 I love her style, her amazing blue hair and the way she dresses. She looks fantastic. She's architect. Uh, she's wardrobe, wardrobe architected. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, which things you'll be hearing more about soon is uh, they met and hung out with Thea Coleman, uh, design, knitting designer, and also uh, Amy Hendricks of Madeleine Tosh, uh, the uh, wonderful dyer and uh, force behind the Madeleine Tosh yarns. So we've got the interview coming up with Thea uh, in this podcast. And uh, the one with Amy coming up soon. That'll be interesting. Oh, yeah, fantastic. I yeah. think Thea's a wonderful designer. Well, you, I can't wait to hear more from her. Yeah, me either. Um, also, a little bit of news. We've got the Oxford Yarn Store, who are the lovely sponsors for this podcast. They've got a trunk show of issue 17. So if you find yourself in Oxford, Juju, you should head down. Not likely that I'm going to find oh. myself in Oxford. But if you are there, <laughs> and any of you find yourself there between the 1st and the 21st of July... Um, and if you're listening within the uh, the time frame of this podcast that lands, head over. You get to try on all the samples, which is always useful, don't you think? If they fit you. Yeah. <laughs> she says, sadly. But well, then you get to know. So because yeah, the great thing yeah. with pom-pom, you've got the size from the uh, model written in there. Yeah, yeah, no, that is out. that is really helpful. So <clears throat> after news, do you know what comes after news, Juju? Is it reviews? Yeah. That's good. Thank goodness, because you've got some yarn to review. I do. So um, thanks to the Feel Good Yarn Company, uh, they've sent us a skein of their silver spun yarn. Mmm. Tell us more about this, Juju. Well, this is a yarn that is 87% combed cotton, 5% silver, 5% nylon, and 3% spandex. Mm. And I am not usually a fan of cotton for knitting with. I, I was going to... Yeah, the combination of cotton and spandex doesn't really excite me. Well, but... yeah, I would say that the spandex is making this cotton appealing to me. Oh. Because I normally find that cotton is, is very, very stiff and not giving for knitting with, and it dries your hands out. And I just find it unpleasant. I mean... Sometimes it's nice to have a, a knitted garment that's Sometimes cotton. Sometimes the crispness yeah. is nice. You just yeah. want that little bit of structure. But, but yeah. actually, it, for me, it's it's not really worth it. Uh, it's just not comfortable to knit with. However, this, because of the spandex, it's really a pleasure to knit with. It, you know, it has give. And I can imagine that these would make a fantastic pair of socks for somebody who prefers cotton to wool yeah. and likes a, a thick, um, it is quite thick, I'd say. Yeah, is this I've, DK weight? Um yeah, it's around DK. So yeah, it, sport, it, comes, yeah. it feels like a DK fabric to me. And it would be great as socks because it's got the uh, the silver provides the antibacterial. Yes, it does. Yeah. No more stinky socks. No more stinky. Well, I don't know if you can guarantee <laughs> that. But, uh, you know, it'd be good for that. And also it would be good for um, mittens or, or gloves where you yeah. need to do iPhone activities. Yeah, actually, we haven't tested that. Yeah, yet. I was just about to <laughs> turn my iPhone up. on and see if okay, it recognized. Oh, it totally works. I'm using. I'm sticking my finger through our knitted sample, <laughs> and I can I can do things on my phone. That is pretty fantastic because yeah. it's quite thick. Yeah, that's really great. You might have just heard Juju's phone unlocking. Yeah, you know, just for evidence there. You know, it's re I'm really doing it. And you know, my sister has terrible um, terrible eczema on her hands and particularly her palms, and I can imagine making her a pair of winter gloves out of mm. this would, she would really like that and it's quite smooth as well it's, so i suppose that it wouldn't irritate no. the skin the, at all 
That's right. And it says it's very good for sort of skin sensitivity issues. Uh, and wool is a problem for her. So this would make a great pair of gloves yeah. for her that she could use with her brand new phone. Nice. What I found when I was knitting with you saying how uh, plump it feels, because I thought cause it's so stretchy and it does have that little bit of give while you're knitting with it, sort of while it's ringing through your fingers. And I thought that might kind of make it, uh, you know, when you stretch something out and it kind of goes like, thin and kind of yes uh spindly and yeah. it didn't it's quite it plumps up quite no a lot no exactly it, 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 it ends up looking like quite a, a firm tension mm, yeah even if your you know your your needle size is not too small and this here this is uh three and a half if yeah you oh is, is it really yeah. wow yeah so normally for me with this si thickness of yarn that would be a very uh stringy knit mm, but stringy, it's not it, but it's not it, at yeah. all no and it's because uh also in the skein i liked because it's quite interesting the texture it's quite crepey almost because of all the you know the elasticity of it it is and and it doesn't you know it has five percent silver but i can't see it in this yeah. light i took it over to the window and i could see it but I, did you yeah. find that well, you... i thought it was worried it was going to be like those you know you sometimes get the yeah. metallic yarns which have yeah. the filament almost and it's yeah. kind of very it's almost like tinsel you know you get yeah. a very kind of sparkly spiky but it's, this isn't it's very subtle yeah. no it's uh, i'd say it's invisible yeah <laughs> Well, thank you to the uh, Feel Good Yarn Company for sending that skein of Silver Spun. Uh, the good news is that we have a skein to give away from the lovely folks at Feel Good Fiber Company. If you are listening to this podcast within the context of now, uh, you can head over to the Pom Pom blog and check out how to enter that competition. We've got one skein in a lovely grey colour and also a pattern which will knit a pair of gloves, uh, which is very handy, saying... You were saying how great it would be for gloves. And even if you're not listening to the podcast within the context of now, uh, no better way to say it than that, then check out the Pom Pom blog anyway, because we often have giveaways, we have fun uh, info, and there's always a blog post to accompany this podcast. So if you missed anything that uh, Juju or I were saying, uh, then we've got lots of links. We'll do some fun links. How about that? Yeah, we can add in the wardrobe architect there link. There you go. You see, you've forgotten it already. You haven't, because you can go around this link and you can find out <laughs> about it. Next up, we have uh, the interview that Megan and Lydia did with Thea Coleman when they were at TNA this year. Thea Coleman is the designer behind Baby Cocktails. Let's see what they found out. So we're here in uh, the Renaissance Hotel <laughs> with Thea Coleman, who of course designed a lovely pattern for our most recent issue. I'm here with Megan. Hello. Hi, Megan. <laughs> um, and Thea, of course. Hello, Thea. Hello. So we're going to ask her some podcast questions, which uh, number one is almost always, and it is today. Uh, what's your earliest memory of knitting or who taught you to knit? So my earliest memory would be not of me knitting, but I have three grandmas. Mm -hmm. One of them is the only one I ever saw knitting, and she was my grandma Pearl. And she was your stereotypical grandma. She lived in Miami, and, or Fort Lauderdale, and we would go down there, and she played mahjong by the pool with all the other old ladies with their bat wings, you know? <laughs> and um, they would knit. They would knit and knit and knit in acrylic yarns, and she would make me and my sister matching outfits and matching blankets and I even have she crocheted as well she was awesome you know those creepy um clown dolls with the spiral legs and the spiral arms oh. I still have the clown doll she made me so she was my first memory of knitting and she did teach me 
And then I didn't knit again for years and years and years. And when I was in high school, there was this store in town. I grew up in Princeton, New Jersey, which is like a little old school preppy town or used to be. And there was a store there named Clayton's with these old ladies in the basement and they gave knitting lessons. And I learned to knit and I still have the two pretty questionable 1980s type <laughs> bat wingy horrifying sweaters that I made but yeah so so then and then I didn't knit again for a really long time okay and then when did you pick it back up again I had a daughter um and I had stopped working and I was really bored so I knit her a baby blanket out of um brown sheep mm-hmm. brown, right yeah um just big stripes red yellow blue red yellow blue stocking it um and that and then once I knit that blanket then I just kind of didn't stop Mm -hmm. that sort of leads us into our next question which is tell us about the path that led you to become a knitwear designer I graduated from school and I went straight into advertising and I worked in ad agencies for about 10 years so my world was anything but crafty um but it was really creative and I was working with creative people all the time and I was an account person which is the person who sort of corrals and shepherds everybody so that the stuff gets made and it gets made to strategy and it gets made on budget and on time. Um, and I think my entire career was a balance of create the creative piece plus the math and the practical, the practical, side. yes, mm-hmm. the practical, making, making the creative piece fit into the practicalities that were needed. Um, so when I had to leave advertising because travel and time and having kids and everything and I was sitting at home um, and I picked the knitting back up it just I was knitting and knitting and I never could knit anything to the pattern as written I was in a knitting group and my friends were sort of saying you know you're already writing patterns because I would have a simple cardigan but then I wouldn't make the simple cardigan I would do something else and a couple of people who were in my knitting group had actually uh, had stuff published so they kind of encouraged me, and I published one, and people bought it. And then I published another, and people bought it. And <laughs> then I realized that this was actually a really good match because I could still do sort of the whole practical side of things, and I could be creative at the same time. And it was way easier than trying to go back to work in advertising part-time because that can't really It doesn't hide. exist. It does yeah. not exist. <laughs> no, not at all. So then I was just, and I've been doing that ever since. We were obviously so pleased to have you as part of our design team for uh, for the summer 2016 issue. You designed Olivet, which we had in two different fun colours <laughs> in the Eden Cottage yarn. Um, and we wanted you to tell us a little bit more about the story behind that particular design. If there is one. <laughs> the real story of how I approached it. <laughs> so, the, the real, like, I don't. I don't actually submit to magazines and things very often for no reason besides the fact that I do not get my act together in time. <laughs> like, <Depends>. I have <laughs> big plans to, you know, do this or do that, and, and not only magazines, other things as well. Um, and I had gone to, I had, before Rhinebeck last year, I had thought about the submission, I had sort of sketched this thing out, I was really excited about it, and then I realized that I was never going to get the submission into any form that it was give is that were giveable to you guys like any, anything that I would be sort of proud of as a professional to show you <laughs> so I said screw it it's not gonna happen it'll be another issue and I'll plan better next time <laughs> and then I went to Rhinebeck and I met Megan and I was like so yeah I have this thing I was thinking about and 
you know, it's not ready and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, show it to me. What are you thinking about? <laughs> so the next day I, I had my little like very lame sketch in my hands. And um, I was like, so here's what I'm thinking. And I kind of did a verbal, here's what I have in mind. And Megan was like, yes, we will do that. <laughs> so I, I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was also, I, I, I kind of, I did a dress a long time ago for Brooklyn Tweed and I'd been wanting to do another tunic. Mm -hmm. So I was really excited to be able to, to get that in there. And the pocket is great. Yes. Great. I like how the lace goes in the pocket. It doesn't end. I know. That so was really cute. cute. But I think you guys were very smart in asking for a sweater version as well because not everybody wants a tunic. It's a longer knit. Going on from that, like what is your normal design process? Like, do you work in the same way for most things or does it change depending on no. what you're making? Um, I think it changes with pretty much every project. I, the, the lovely thing about this is that I'm in charge and I can do whatever, whenever, but like I just walked in here with yarn in my hands that I'm making a sleeve on. And the design process for that was I found um, some, my, the people in my Ravelry group are a pretty chatty bunch. They're actually <laughs> kind of awesome. Um, and I asked them, what do you guys think? I'm looking for some new yarns. And they all know that my, my sort of love right now is smaller producers and sheepy yarns and people who are working really hard to do things the old-fashioned way. And one of them was like, you need to check out Elsa Wool. So I ordered a skein of Elsa Wool. And as soon as I put it on the needles, I just started swatching and playing with it. And I just showed you guys on the Palmcast aren't going to see this. <laughs> I actually have a swatch in my bag, and I was just showing them. Um, it was the skein I ordered, and then I love the swatch. And it's, sometimes the swatch just clicks. So this sweater is well on its way mm -hmm. um, because of the yarn slash the swatch. Mm -hmm. And because I like the swatch so much, I have a sweater quantity of um, um, Anne Hansen's bare naked wool mm -hmm. and I think that I want to do this in both a cardigan and a pullover so I think there's going to be yeah, two of them cool. um, so that's one design process yeah. sometimes it's me out in the world I always have my camera and I'll take a picture of someone's shoulder on the train or the back of their sweater whatever it is and then I'll go home and I'll that'll be the starting point occasionally it'll be someone calling me or saying should we do this project and then there's like a more organized <laughs> you know, process where it starts with this is what we're looking for but um I'd say it's often whatever inspiration gels it's sort of like you're throwing spitballs at the ceiling and it's the one that sticks, sticks like yeah. a lot of them are just falling back down but yep. every once in a while there's a good one and I will run with whatever I'm obsessed with at the moment yeah so right now I'm obsessed with this Elsa wool. Well, it looks pretty good. Maybe we should get a picture of it. For yeah, we should. It's really beautiful. <laughs> and she is one of those people out there just working hard to, yeah, you know, do it. Awesome. All right. <laughs> so now we have a drinking-related question. Okay. <laughs> should I take a drink first? Yeah, let's all have a drink. Yeah, we, 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 are, we can clink. Yeah. yeah. So, yes, we are, like, we are drinking. Yeah. Well. Although Megan's having a Shirley Temple. Yeah. Because I'm pregnant, not because I... Uh, <laughs> Don't like the real stuff. <laughs> Sorry, I think I just outed you. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so we're all having a drink together, and we know that you fear like a drink, like the one that you're having right now, <laughs> and like Megan will have in, yes. in the future. I don't think my um, mom ever hears these things. <laughs> 
yes, you're known for this. <laughs> well, we're so proud the, of you. One of the reasons you're known for it is uh, the baby cocktails um, part of your, well, you are baby cocktails to many people. Who, <laughs> is that like your brand? It feels it like, like it's, well, it it's become my brand. Yeah, yeah. 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 So could you tell us? How that, about how that happened and why it is that we associate a, you <laughs> with, with baby this, cocktails. I, I got to say, like, today at the at TNNA, because that's where we are, um, I'm handing my card out to people. And I so often hand my card out, and I'm like, yeah, I'm baby cocktails. I know it's a ridiculous name. Like, that is literally <laughs> what I say to people. But so when my daughter, my first daughter was born, I lived in a neighborhood with a bunch of really awesome women. And we had all had jobs and done things in the world before we had children. And we were all just a little bit antsy. And at about four o'clock in the afternoon, we would all get together and we would sort of rotate houses, but we were all having a drink. I need to find my people. Well, we oh, called yeah. them baby cocktails. This was the thing. <laughs> I was wondering about the baby thing. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, and it wasn't my word. I did not make this up. Uh-huh. I might have been involved. I don't know. I don't even know who made it. There was up. alcohol involved, there so was, who but, knows? But there was like five or six women, um, one, of, one of whom. Gabriella, she was the model for the Greyhound Shawl, mm-hmm. if you guys remember that. Yeah. She's a good friend of mine, and her daughter's the same age, and she would hang out on the porch with us. And Actually, she didn't even have her daughter's the same age as Zoe. She would hang out on the porch with us just because she wanted to have a drink. She didn't have a drink. <laughs> but, and this is why I love her. Um, she was really great and crafty um, with sort of sewing and, and that sort of thing, and she loves thrift stores. And I love thrift stores. And so we sort of had this idea that we were going to have a little business on the side. We'd call it baby cocktails because we'd work on these things while we were having these four o'clock drinks. But we were going to go to thrift stores and buy baby clothes and then embellish them and Mm. make them cuter and then sell them. And so we got the the URL. Mm -hmm. We read, we we went and we got it because we were going to do this. And then we never did it, like <laughs> never did a thing. But I started the blog in preparation for this little side business. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was designing patterns, I was already blogging as a knitter under the word baby cocktails. Mm. But I had been in advertising long enough to know that that was a really good idea. Um, if you Google baby cocktails, there is nothing else out there. Was the, actually, sometimes there's pictures of birds for baby cockatiel, which is kind Aww. of funny. But, um, not that I, so I sort of own baby cocktails very easily. Um, and Thea Coleman at that time, is uh, she was, she's actually deceased now, which is sort of sad, but she was a porn star. So when you Google Thea Coleman, oh my it would God. be like, make a chick, make a chick yarn, make a chick. And then that was not where we wanted to go, right? And I only recently found out that she had passed away. I thought Aww. that she just sort of got older or stopped working or right. whatever. But yeah, so baby cocktails, I can own. Thea Coleman, about 10 years ago, she was very well-known <laughs> and prolific. And um, and it just made more sense that yeah. I would stick with the baby cocktails. So, so all your patterns, including all of that, are cocktail They're named after names. It's a never-ending source of names. Yeah. And... Every time I go to a liquor store, it's tax deductible. Ah! <laughs> You're a genius. I know. <laughs> so, like with the with the sleeve that you're knitting, do you already have a cocktail in mind? I don't. Um, gray. So, so often the color dictates what's going to happen here. Um, and I find, to be honest, that grays and blues are tough. Yeah. So if anyone out there has really awesome gray and blue drinks, you can 
put them, you know, in my group. <laughs> I'm very happy to hear them. Um, gray often reminds me of vodka, mm-hmm. but I have another vodka thing going on right now. So I'll, I'll figure it out. By the time the sweater is done, it might sort of speak to me in some way. It looks way. sort of like foamy, like top of a beer foam, maybe. Like, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm drinking the wrong beer. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's surely too. Right. <laughs> no, so, so yeah. But no, often it'll be the color of the yarn. I'm working on something in um, sweet fiber. It's a color called tea leaves. Oh, yeah. And so that's a Long Island iced tea, right? Yeah. That is. Mm-hmm. Um, the shawl that I've been wearing around has these little... Um, sort of a crochet it's called rum daisy mm-hmm. because these little little dudes that okay no one, no one on the podcast can see but you can these <laughs> reminded me of sort of little flowers yeah so it became rum daisy and daisy seemed like a springy drink and this was a really beautiful springy pink color and um it was for jill draper who i also think has like a awesome 70s vibe and i thought the mm-hmm. idea of a rum daisy and it all just they just Came sometimes together. fit yeah um and there's no rhyme or reason and occasionally i knit a sweater for my husband and his favorite thing in the whole world is this rum called zacapa round zacapa mm-hmm. and we were out and he's like you better name the sweater zacapa because i need a new bottle so <laughs> occasionally i am bullied into naming it. <laughs> but yeah it, it all it's actually that part's fun i have a collection of vintage cocktail recipe books oh and um they've got awesome little tidbits and recipes and stuff in there really good i'm i'm loving mezcal right now and there's a drink called a oaxacan rose that i really like so i've had my eye on pink yarn because i want to make a oaxacan rose so sometimes you know the drink is going (laughs) to dictate the pattern um and i have my eye on a beautiful pink that jocelyn over at oval makes Mm -hmm. and um that might need to be a all right oaxacan rose all right, my next question is like um, out of my own curiosity because I'm going to have a baby girl. We were wondering, you know, you have two daughters and how do they feel about their mom being a knitwear designer? Oh, I thought you were going to say the drink thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, let's hear what all they think about the, the all the cocktails. What kind of terrible parent do you appear to be? <laughs> um, and do they wear your stuff? And Well, you've seen them as my model. Yeah. Yes. So Maya, my older daughter... Um, when she was younger, I made a sweater for her called Mango Smoothie. Um, she had a lot of That input. sounds non-alcoholic. Yeah, well, no, okay, so the, the sweater, <laughs> the drink names for my children are non-alcoholic. Oh. Yes. Like any child's pattern I do is non In fact, Zoe's sweater is a Shirley Temple. Ah. But um, Maya dictated that sweater, picked the yarn. We sort of went back and forth about what cable was going to be the main cable. Like, she had a lot of input on that sweater, and she loved it when I made it. She rocked the little photo shoot. She mm-hmm. gave me this blue steel that's like, <laughs> um, and now she never wears it Aww. because you know kids. They first of all, she's bigger. She's older. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's been like three or four years, which in kid years means she's ten feet taller. Mm-hmm. Um, but also her taste have changed and whatever. So it's just sort of sitting there, and Zoe's eyeing it. And <laughs> Zoe dictated a sweater to me last year. And I named it Shirley Temple, and she was very happy um, to have that sweater. And she wears it a lot. Um, and she will probably grow out of it soon, too. But I kind of love the fact that I used it in a trunk show a little while ago, and it had chocolate all over the sleeve. Because she... She loves it. She, she wears, wears it. it. She loves yeah. it, yeah. I did a hat for her last year with little flowers on it called Grey Rose, which is an alcoholic drink, but it didn't sound that bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and my kids actually... 
the second piece of it, the, the drinking piece of it, still kind of funny. Um, my daughter, when she hit high school, there were the little druggy kids that hung out by the door or whatever. <laughs> and she knew them, but she wasn't super friendly with them. And one day, one of them came up to her and was like, so, hey, we hear your mom does this thing. And it has to do with booze. Can you get us some absinthe? <laughs> and she came home and she was like, you will never believe me. <laughs> they got the wrong end of the stick there, yeah. <laughs> she was like, no, my mom, and, and this is a lie, I do not. But she was like, my mom keeps it all locked up. I'm not allowed to go near it. And she's like, mom, they're, they're like coming at me for drinks. <laughs> and I'm sort of still wondering why those kids even knew what I did for a living. Yeah. But still, it's pretty funny. It is funny. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so you got that to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we are getting towards the final portion of the interview where we ask you our classic questions. So I, I think Thea, she's, she's nodding. Can I just say at this point that Thea has an excellent radio voice? Possibly my favourite voice. <laughs> Do I sound ever. like a 40-year-old lounge no. singer? <laughs> you just sound great. Um, <laughs> so... Um, you are going to be stranded on a desert island. <laughs> You're allowed to take one yarn with you, one base, in all the colours. What is your desert island yarn choice, Thea Coleman? Okay, I knew this was coming. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, we had a little family conversation about this. Quite right. <laughs> and this answer comes from my husband, and I think it's pretty hilarious because it shows that he is A, super well-intentioned, and B, knows nothing about yarn. <laughs> so he said that what I really need it's a bamboo yarn because I would not be happy unless I could have all of my friends over to my desert island and I need to knit myself a tiki hut and some little cabins for them to stay in, like Gilligan's Island. Which I fully believe, except he has no idea that that would be kind of like a tiki puddle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bamboo. yeah, yeah, bamboo. But my my answer would be something sort of Cormo, Rambouillet, Targi, like that. Mm -hmm. that world of mm -hmm. of yarn that I could cable and it's a little bit fat and it's definitely worsted weight and it's lofty and it's awesome. So you're hoping for quite a kind of cool and airy desert island? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Well, and if not, I'm going to build my bamboo hut. <laughs> but yeah, he was very, very um, into his idea. He's like like the professor in Gilligan. He's like, you know, bamboo yarn, you can knit an entire village. <laughs> it would have to be on such small needles. Yeah, I mean, you might have a lot of time on this desert island, yeah. so perhaps he's right and he's just giving you like activities. Or maybe I'm using like blocking wires and things to like knit the bamboo walls maybe. for my tiki hut uh, and I put them on. Like, can I allow this? I don't know. <laughs> I'm still only, I'm knitting the yarn part and then I've managed to get there with some tools to create the rest. Because okay. he's like, truth is, you're not going to like your desert island unless someone can be there with you. <laughs> I'm not really that's solitary mm -hmm. right and the tiki bar is really gonna make it <laughs> gotta get the cocktails in <laughs> all right so you prepared for our next question yes what is that one yeah if you were an animal yes what would you be this was the second animal. conversation <laughs> and why so <laughs> i agreed with with the family consensus with my husband's that i okay i am a um a border collie the dogs that herd the sheep yep because I am always busy. I'm always like organizing my people, mm -hmm. making it like, are you here, are you there? What do you, I mean, it's part of being a mom, but also socially I kind of mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. um, he was like, you're smart, you do tricks. <laughs> Knitting is a trick, right? Um, 
And he's like the same way that the dogs are like, you love me, right? You love me. <laughs> it's like you always want the people to, to like <laughs> to you, be like reassuring. Your yeah, like, you're, you're very sort of like a people person. So I totally agree with the whole border collie thing. That's great. Then my teenage daughter got involved, and she's like, "Nope, you're a honey badger." <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> what was exactly. what was the reasoning in, in that? Uh... She's like, "You can be a hard ass mom." <laughs> <laughs> Have you yeah. ever watched the Little Honey Badger videos? No. Well, when you watch them, you'll know that that's what a 16-year-old says to her mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that is... <laughs> I'm definitely going to go and watch a Honey Badger Yeah, video. definitely. Everybody yeah. who's listening, let's all <laughs> do it right now. And right now. Gonna, but, okay, my kid's not that horrible. <laughs> the Honey Badger, but that was not a compliment. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Well, that was our last kind of official question there but um we also like to ask people to like tell the listeners where they can find you online and so on so your baby cocktails but more specifically yeah Instagram I, and so on. I blog under babycocktails.com mm-hmm. I post there whenever I'm publishing a pattern but sometimes in between I'm on Instagram as Thea Coleman and I have a really active Ravelry group where we talk about what's coming up sometimes I ask for advice we do little knit-alongs and contests and stuff. Um, so right. those three places are the best. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us. Mm, thank Having you a drink for... and a chat. Yeah. <laughs> and sharing your voice. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me in the magazine and here in your hood. Okay. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> lady yeah thanks thanks to thea for chatting with us yeah nice to hear from megan and lydia so they've all all involved in the podcast we've got the whole gang just need to get everyone else you know all the other poms don't forget (laughs) that thea's uh design is it is called olivetta in issue 17 oh i haven't no thank you you're welcome you're very good at this (laughs) all right so now on to a new feature um rather than having knitters you should know about we're having one of our top knitters we think you should know about, who is Juju, with our new Q&A session, which is, what would Juju do? <laughs> How do you feel about this? Uh, well, I often ask myself what I would do, okay, so good. it seems natural to me. Do you often find you have the answer as well? I always have yeah. an answer. <laughs> so this actually, uh, Megan uh, sort of gave this, uh, birth. I don't know why I'm using a birthing metaphor with Megan. <laughs> because she's making a baby. She's making a baby. Um, she was uh, knitting. Well, I'll ask you the question. I remember what happened. And uh, she thought, like, damn, what am I going to do? What would Judy do? Because you are, like, we've likened you to the uh, the geniuses that they have at the Apple store. The genii, maybe is the plural. Um, you're a knitting guru. You have uh, seen all the walls. You've seen all the methods. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. And you have you have all the answers. Well, I have a lot of answers. Yeah. A, yeah. Lot, a lot of opinions. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of opinions. That's true. So what we actually would love to do with this, if you guys could write in with your questions, your knitting-based dilemmas. Um, so you can write to the pom-pom email address uh, for the podcast, which is podcast at pompommag.com. And what we're going to do, it's going to be like a little, you're going to be like a woolly agony ant juju. That's great. Yeah? Yeah. So we, you know. I'll, I'll answer questions on any maker, makery. Makery, yes. yes. So we're thinking crochet. Not just wool. 
Oh, crochet is great. We're yep. thinking uh, sewing. Sewing, beading. Beading. Oh, that's a good one. Embroidery. Macrame. Yes, I've written several books on beading. Macrame. Well, I haven't done macrame since the 70s. My father was a macrame expert. Yeah. yeah. Don't you go? It's in your blood. You're fine. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I probably can just channel his, D his, yeah. his DNA and yeah. figure it out. DNA. Yeah. Macrame. Mac Mac DN oh, oh reaching for puns <laughs> scrabbling macrame scrabbling around in the dirt. But don't you? What do you say in England? You don't say macrame, macrame. Oh, macrame! Yeah, well, we do, don't we? Yeah, I was wondering what you were talking about because because you weirdos over here say, do I say? aluminium and macrame. <laughs> Yeah, my dad used to do macrame that involved uh, washers and screws and bolts and all sorts of oh, strange right. things. That sounds such a cliche, but it's like, oh, don't worry, it's a, it's a man's art because I've got a washer in there. I think he felt very embarrassed because he went along to macrame classes oh. and uh, he was the only man. Oh, well, good for him. Yeah. Okay, so we covered macrame. You know, any queries, we can deal with those. But yeah, quilting as well. You love a bit of quilting? I love quilting. Any, anything making. All right, so yeah. Uh, like I said, you can send in your queries to podcast at pompommag.com. But our first query is from the lovely Megan Fernandez. So she was knitting a cardi and the dilemma was uh, when she was picking up the stitches to knit the button band, you know, picture it, you're nearly finished, you're really excited, ready to add those finishing touches and you run out of yarn. What would you do? Well, that's an interesting question for me because it's just happening currently happening to me as well. All right. I just finished a kind of golden pear color car, uh, pullover and I decided that I actually wanted it to be a cardigan. So I've decided to steek it. I'm going to take it to my sewing machine and put uh, little sewing lines down the front mm -hmm. and then pick up the front band and, and knit on the bands. However, I have just a tiny bit of yarn left and I don't think I'm going to get the bands out of it. So I have two choices. If I really want the same color, I could shorten the sleeve slightly. Personally, I like a bracelet or shorter length sleeve on sweaters. Oh, you see, I'm not a fan of that. It makes it feel like it's too short. Oh, well, that's because you have <laughs> eight arms. Because I'm, I'm long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Whereas I have little shorty arms. And I find that I'm always doing something like painting or washing and that my sleeves get in it. And I'm just a mess. So yeah. I like a shorter sleeve. But what I really like is I love like uh, Eli Kishimoto sweaters that have a contrasting color button mm -hmm. band. Okay. And then the buttons are another color. So the buttons could be the same color as the cardigan or the buttons could be a third color or multiple colors. So you're adding uh, contrast down to the button band. And I think that can look great because the vertical line of a button band it's very flattering, even if you're tall like you are. Everybody looks good with a bit of, you know, vertical lines on them. And having it in a contrast color, it pops. Oh, I do love a color pop, so that's always good. Yeah, and then of course you have more opportunity for button color pop as well. So what are you doing? What's the solution with your thing? Once you've steeped it, you're gonna add in, what's the color gonna be? Whew, you know, I haven't decided yet. I think I'll have to take it to the yarn store and hold <laughs> it next to some companions. Well, I'm. Um because the answer I did think was it's just going to be if you run out of yarn for a button band, you buy more yarn. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't be silly. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming that, well, yeah, okay. When I say the yarn store, perhaps I mean the drawer in my bedroom that holds 
Beyond drawer. Well, or drawers, I think, is yeah, probably yeah. more accurate. <laughs> drawers and cupboards, shall we say. So I'll just walk around my house holding it up to friends yeah. and see which one pops out and play oh. with some buttons. That sounds like a lovely afternoon, really, you know. It does. I have to, I have to do it this week, so I'd better okay. get on with it. All right. So that's what Juju did do. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Please send me your queries. I, the wilder, the better. Anything will do. I, I love to answer questions. Uh, there's got to be some advantage to my great age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been knitting since the 70s. So we're ending as we usually do with top three. Now, did you listen to last podcast top three, Juju? Yes. And it was... <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> As if I would be able to remember anyway. Guilty Pleasures. It was Guilty Pleasures. And one of the favourite bits, actually, I like about Top 3 is that you guys get involved on the Ravelry forum. Uh, yeah, just a reminder, there's a pom-pom group on Ravelry. And if you're not on... So if you're on the pom-pom group, you can join the podcast forum. And uh, we've had some people writing in about their Guilty Pleasures. Uh, one of them is Katie Greenbean who's actually an illustrator in pom-pom as well. Um, we, I was talking about eating in the bath, which I felt a little bit guilty about because it's my guilty pleasure. And she said about eating ice cream in the bath. Do you know, as soon as you said her name, Green Bean, I yeah. thought about eating green tea ice cream with soya bean ice cream in the bath. Oh, wow. And I got really excited. <laughs> You're in the right place to discuss these things then. It made me want to go and get clean. <laughs> Think yeah exactly the dirty dirty ice cream thoughts that I had um and I like the way she said in the way that drinking tea in bath is wrong ice cream in the bath is so right it's true it you know it, it should be a cold thing champagne in the bath is nice oh. always have a I don't think I've ever taken a bath without a beverage of the alcoholic I nature champagne yeah but I think it's I've done that and because you're so hot in the bath it, I think it does something to like the alcohol get around your uh-huh, bloodstream quicker? That's the point. Oh, okay. Because okay. I was going to say, I struggle getting out of the bath after that. <laughs> it's all fun. Yeah. Oh, well. There we go. Some experiments for everyone to do. <laughs> and Nitosaurus Rex, uh, her guilty pleasure was staying up all night to read a book. I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I believe in pleasure. Oh, And oh, really? I, sh- I have no guilt. I have no shame. <laughs> Other people want to shame me. My husband would not approve, but... Tough. Tough. All right. Uh, Anyway, what I wanted to say about Nisosaurus Rex's thing about reading a book at night. That's good. That makes me, like, I'm an adult. I can make my own choices and stay up all night reading a book or watching Netflix. I'm an older adult and I can't stay up all night reading a book because I'd fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) But it was your choice to fall asleep with a book in your hand. No, probably not. (laughs) And uh, one Ralph user called Taxing. Uh, started an extensive talk about teasmaids. Um, so if you don't know what they are, or if you do and you're intrigued to hear, uh, hear they're a very English more. thing, right? It there. is, yeah. So uh, maybe people need to find out more about that. Then yeah, head to the Pom Pom Ravelry group because uh, we always like to hear from you. And uh, Lydia and I pop on there. And maybe Juju, you'll pop on there and say hi as well. I will. Yeah. Our top three this week will be ways of wasting time before you fall asleep. So it's kind of similar to guilty pleasure, but I think it's quite a a specific window 
yes. of life where you think, oh, just before I go to bed, I'll... Uh... I'll just do this. Yeah. And, I, you know, in the old days, it was books or maybe sex. But, of course, we've abandoned those things now because <laughs> we all have phones in bed with us. Uh, my top three it's things... too late for both of those things now. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, no. None of that. Uh, would be, you know, the, the, the problem with the orange is the new black. Um, and I always have to read... Go fuck yourself before I fall asleep oh, at wait. bed. What's this? I don't know. Oh my gosh, it's my. So, wait, this is okay. So we have to do that. This is number three of your top three. No, this would be the number one thing. Oh, why? Do, sorry, going, you want me to count them you're down? You're going renegade. Okay, no, no, no. Sorry. It's all right. Go top one. Okay, my the thing I absolutely always do, even if I'm exhausted, even if I'm drunk, even if I'm sick, I have to read the daily. Um, Posts from Go Fug Yourself. At I, the I end haven't of the heard day. of this at all. So. Go Fug Yourself is a wonderful blog about the fashion choices of the red carpet people. Oh, fuck. F U G. Yes, exactly. Okay, I understand yeah, what that means yeah, now. Yeah. So it, it, it features a lot of people wearing hideous sheer dresses. Uh, sheer hideous dresses. Sheer hideous dresses. <laughs> it works either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but also people who look fantastic. Um, Tilda Swinton hardly ever steps wrong. Oh, uh, just wonderful alien that she is. Yes, exactly. Uh, and I find it really, really inspiring uh, and very fun. And I think they're quite kind about people and the way that people look. It's really more about the clothes that they choose to put right. on that they're a bit mean about perhaps or a bit you know no, mean isn't the right word uh, a, a bit critical critical of yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, and okay i'll check that out so if you're not doing that what would be next oh no list? oh that was my number one thing that yeah. i did yeah oh well i always check instagram before bed oh, do you yeah. oh that's a time suck yeah, yeah. Ugh. and then you can end up in a hole where you're looking at Instagram friends of friends of friends and then you really find some amazing Japanese site and you just follow that into the ether forever. Usually I find something cat-based and then I'll tag Fiona Alice in uh, it or I find something baby-based and then tag you in it or yeah. some sort of weird cartoon. I'm like, oh, Gigi would like this. Yes. So that's when you get like sucked into like tagging other people. I think that's... Uh... But it, it can be quite fun to do a lot of late night commenting. You loosen up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, all the likes. Yeah, I, I'm frequently sort of giving people instructions in the middle of the night who I've never met. What kind of like? Well, you should make that, or oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. try it with shorter sleeves, that kind of thing. I don't know. They... Commenting Tilda Swinton. Try it with yeah. shorter sleeves. <laughs> Tilda, that lipstick is wrong. Okay. <laughs> no, Tilda, your lipstick is always right. There we go. I mean, what are your uh, top three wasting oh, times? Wasting time. Uh, okay, number three uh, is. Uh, a Thing I'm calling Wikipedia wormhole. Ah. So just as when I'm falling asleep, I think this is because of the internet. I don't know if you tried it, but it's really good. It's new, but it's good. What, the internet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, My kids have told me okay, about right, it. Right, right. Yeah. So it's the thing when I'm just about thinking about going to bed, I, some reason like my brain clicks in where I'm like, I wonder what the etymology is of knackered. And I'll like look, start like looking oh. at things. That's, I don't know why. It's the thing that I get where I'm like, I wonder why that phrase means that. And I start Googling it and I get into Wikipedia and then, you know, it's like a related article. And you think, oh, I'll read about that. And then you get into another, I'll read about that. And then you're realizing you're reading like a really informative pie chart or like Venn diagram <laughs> of how all the uh, members of New Order fitted in with all the different albums, that kind of thing, wow. which I find fascinating. But then I realize it's time for bed and I've kind of got sucked into that wormhole yeah. of information. That's not what I do. Unless it's about the Kartrashians, I'm not interested. <laughs> Keeping up with them. Yeah.
And number two? Number two, finding things to sort. So um, things, I actually did this last night, which is why I realized. You mean in real life things or do you mean virtual things? No, like, uh, so for example, my purse was next to my bedside table. I was thinking about going to sleep and then I was thinking about stuff and I was like, I should probably sort out my purse. So I like tipped everything out and then like rearranged everything and I was like, well, I don't need that. Throw that away. File this. These coins should go here. And then I found like a key ring thing. I was like, no, that should go here. And just sorting things. I found that very yeah. soothing just before bed. But then I kind of get into, I'm not careful, you get sucked into the you know, the big sorts, like the bookshelves. Oh my like, goodness. I think I need my knit reference books here, but my fiction, I think that should be uh, colour-coded. Ooh, all of this sounds to me like distinctly non-bedtime activities. <laughs> These sound like first-of-the-morning activities to me. I am very much focused on getting under the covers and being cosy at bedtime <laughs> with my phone. <laughs> well, I think I'm a night owl, so definitely my I'm like some sort of uh, OCD organising night owl. <laughs> let's organize this which leads me into number one yeah my number one thing that would distract me before bed and i waste lots of time on which makes me so happy is reorganizing my yarn stash oh really yeah before but bed before bed just gives me such joy i'm I, that's this just boggles my mind <laughs> this is, this is just, just so just, not my cup of bedtime tea we're just two different people and that's all right okay <laughs> maybe i'll try and search you so you know, I don't need to sell you on the loving of yarn or how nice that is. No, that's true. And I could imagine sniffing some of it before bed. Yeah, just knock yourself up. Like smelling salts, just knocking yourself up. No, smelling salts wake you up. I don't know, maybe some chloroform. Yeah, no, they wake you up. No, I like the smell of wool before I go to bed. Does this yarn smell like chloroform? I don't know. Mmm. <laughs> um, yeah. What could be more soothing than looking at the colours? Thinking about some nice like projects you'd like to do? That's true. I do like to think about pr project makes that I want to do yeah. before I drift off. And I've that's always been something I've done since I was a child, is think about what I'd like to make at bedtime. Yeah, that's nice. I think I do need to be careful that I don't fall into the trap of then getting really excited about doing lots of things. Yeah. And like, oh, no, maybe I'll cast on now. Yeah, so. no, 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 no. So, oh, it's actually uh, the beginning of the morning now. We've just finished some coffee. So uh, we don't have any time to waste before bed now. No. Because we've got the start of the day. Um, so we hope wherever you are in the world, um, your day, your evening, your morning. Share with us. Yeah, share, share with us. us. What do you do before bed? Yeah. Do you have relaxing habits that are non-electronic? Yeah. Those would be good to know about. Yeah. I think I, sh I, I really should make an effort to to shut down my electronic device yeah. before bed. That's I think that's why I got sucked into doing sorting things. I think, no, yeah. I won't look at my phone, I'll do this. But yeah, I should do some more I, I I used to read before bed, but I don't know. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, thanks, Juju, for being my uh, guest host. Oh, it was my pleasure, Sophie. You've been a hoot. Thank you. Thank you. I plan to kill Lydia and come back no! every month. <laughs> <laughs> well, such a nice Maybe don't put it. that in. <laughs> She, she doesn't need to know. No, all right. Well, we'll be back next month with, uh, you know, mostly normal services resumed, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, so remember, you can always join in on the Ravelry forums, the Pom Pom group, and also we have the Pom Pom website where you can find all about the magazine and the blog and lots of other fun things as well. Um, if you enjoy this podcast, why not rate or subscribe it? And uh, we'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>
Pomcast is produced by Lydia Gluck and Sophie Scott, with lots of help from Eli Block, who created the original music to this show. For more Eli-related music, go to goodgirlandthebadtimes.com. Also, special thanks to Juju Vale. Thanks, as always, to Megan, co-creator and editor of Pom Pom Quarterly, and to Amy, who keeps us all above water. Thanks to our interviewee, Thea Coleman, and to our sponsors, the Oxford Yarn Store. Thanks to Feel Good Yarn Co. for their review yarn. And of course, a huge thank you to all you pom-pom buyers, subscribers, and listeners. Thank you.